Hello there, and welcome to the ChannelBuzz.ca podcast. I'm Robert Dutt, editor of ChannelBuzz.ca, and as always, your host for the show. Today, we take a look at starting or evolving your journey in managed services as we're joined by Aaron Smurl, Cisco Canada's managed services lead. Uh, we talk about the transition from resale to managed services, what Cisco does to support partners with education, training, enablement, and tools, the sales model for engaging with customers and vendors, and the compensation model for employees. We talk through what it typically looks like for a partner to build a managed services around Cisco technologies and the role of Cisco-powered services. We even get a little bit of insight into what MSPs can expect from Cisco in the managed services space in the near future. It's a great chat, so let's get right into it. My discussion with Cisco Canada's Aaron Smurl. Aaron, nice to chat with you again, and, and good to have the opportunity to, uh, to discuss managed services further. Uh, hi, Rob. Thanks for having me back. I'm really excited to continue the conversation. Um, and I think a, a good place to go is probably the 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 journey that many partners are on. Um, and granted, this has been a, a long time journey for a lot of partners. I always I always think back to sort of the early days of managed services in the channel and a piece of feedback that I'll uh, I'll, I'll always remember from a partner who was uh, who was early into the game and moving from a, a kind of um, big deals model to a recurring revenue slash managed services model was as uh, that, uh, you know, the third year is great. And then just kind of let it hang there with the implication being out there that uh, there's a lot of work getting to that third year when you're changing from that familiar kind of hunt, kill, implement, repeat model to building that drip of uh, managed services into eventually a, a stream and hopefully eventually a raging river. Um, now, granted, that was in the early days when there was still a fair bit of mystery around some of this stuff and the tools and the technology and the acceptance in the market were all diff significantly different than today. So hopefully it's not quite that arduous to uh, to make those early years. Um, but no doubt there's still some some challenges to it. Now, that's that's a long monologue that goes a long way to uh, to eventually a question, believe it or not. Um, and that's, you know, how do you guys look at educating and supporting your partners around managed services, whether they whether they're kind of just starting with managed services uh, as a as a pure play or whether they're moving from a more traditional reseller mode into managed services or or however they may come at uh, at bringing managed services to their, to their customers? Uh, well, as you know, based on conversations you've been having with Cisco over the years, as well as channel partners, uh, given the role that you play in our industry, um, at Cisco, we have really spent a few years now just defining and redefining our partner engagement model. And we're looking at partner maturity, we're looking at market maturity to be able to provide what partners need and what they're asking for. And so we're continually developing and creating new tools and artifacts and sales models that allow us to be able to support partners, not just on day one or year three, but through the life cycle of their managed services. And we know that managed services is not a one and done. So we're positioning ourselves in a way that makes us nimble with the goal of making it easier for our partners to accelerate, optimize and grow their business. Things like guided journeys for self-enablement and readiness, but also people, putting people in place for our partners to work with hand in hand to ensure that they're maximizing the opportunity as it relates to their Cisco product offerings. 
We have a ton of resources available to support our partners, no matter where they are in the maturity of their managed services practice. So again, they're starting out, they're transforming, Mm. they're way down the path, whatever it is, we definitely have a plethora of resources and people and investments involved there to support them on that on that journey. Right. Um, one of the one of the classic issues that we we certainly hear a lot about from partners uh, starting up or uh, or getting further into managed services uh, is is the model, and you you touch on that from a Cisco point of view, but from a partner point of view, the kind of difference in engagement with the customers, the different ways of engaging with vendors and partner and their own partners, um, and, and especially around incentivizing their people and making sure the sales team understands and is on board with this kind of motion. Um, what can you tell me about what you found works for partners and what partners should be keeping in mind when they're doing this? And how do you help on that kind of building, building the sales model and building the incentives model for partners? Uh, All of these are points of consideration, right? No one partner or offer is going to be the same. And that's what allows partners to be competitive and provide customers with choice. So at Cisco, we spend a lot of time thinking about how we can help. How do we support our partners so they can drive the best outcomes for their business, their people, and, and of course, the end customer. And what we've taken... What we've done is taken a good hard look at ourselves and we've adjusted our operating model to support this. And in doing that, we've sort of taken on a new way of thinking. In fact, supporting our partners in their transformation to manage services is a new way of thinking for us. Like we've only been on this journey really full fledged for the last couple of years. And so a lot of those changes we've made have really kind of come down to three core things. And this is sort of the way that we think about how we can really optimize and help our partners transform in this space. And so one of those is platform. So this is all about how we build great technology that's managed ready. So we've actually launched something called the MVPR, the Minimum Viable Partner Requirements, where we actually score all of our offers against these MVPRs in order to determine whether our technology is managed ready before we even position it in front of the partners. So we're kind of putting money where our mouths are to ensure that it's a best-in-class performance that is a viable managed services ready product. So that really helps our partners be able to build something Um, at scale that is ready to be managed um, for the end customer. One of the other areas that we're focusing on is preference. We want to make it easier to do business with us. And at the end of the day, like who doesn't aspire to that? Who doesn't want to be considered easy to do business with? And when it comes to managed services, which is difficult and challenging and has so much complexity to it, we want to remove friction and barriers and really make it easier. So things like offering partners a choice and flexibility across software buying programs that we've designed specifically for managed services or offer them a portfolio of payment solutions to help with business concerns and those good problems, if you will, that come with success, like cash flow and credit lines environmental and sustainability targets, and cost to revenue alignment as they continue to grow their managed services practice. We've also actually evolved our provider program substantially, uh, which I know I touched on last time we met, but we've simplified over a dozen programs into a single flexibly structured program that's centered around delivering value to the end customer. So partners have the choice of participating in one or more roles within the program and each at a different level, whether it's select, premier, or gold, and each with its own unique value added benefits to the partner so that they are 
realistic and attainable. So it makes it easier for them to realize the value faster and more efficiently. And that pays dividends back to them in terms of how they want to operate, run their business and invest differently to continue to grow. And then last thing that we're starting to really evolve is looking at performance. So again, it's not just putting something out into market and seeing what happens. We look at performance as this transformational throttle. So it's about assessing where we are in the partner and investing accordingly. So looking at the opportunity, determining how we can best accelerate the pace of partner success. So we're incentivizing partners for growth in strategic areas, and we're doing that backed by industry-leading market research, and we're using our provider roles from our partner program as a value exchange fulcrum. So we're able to solicit feedback from our partners to ensure that their solutions are performing, and if they aren't, understanding what are those gaps and what needs or support do they Mm -hmm. need so we can help adjust and pivot based on that performance modeling that we're putting in place. So a really long-winded way of saying, you know, there's so much complexity in managed services, mm-hmm. but our goal is let's make sure we've got the best platform, that we're driving preferences of partners by making it easier, and that we're helping them understand performance and we're looking at our own performance relative to the partner so we can be mutually successful in this space. All right. So with, with that in mind and acknowledging that there's going to be sort of a range of different ways of engaging with Cisco from, you know, things that partners build their services around from you guys to components that you guys provide that they pull in um, to their service. I'm thinking like on the security side and that sort of thing. Can, can you kind of walk me through what it looks like for a partner um, to build a managed offering with Cisco? I chuckle at that because it's it's kind of like you're asking me for our secret sauce there, Robert. Um, I'm not not asking you for <laughs> secret sauce. I'm kidding. It is. It's literally there is no secret here. Anyone who's listening to this knows that building a managed service for a customer is complex, right? It takes time. It takes money. It takes resources to make sure that the offer isn't only able to stand up and deliver against customer outcomes, but that it's profitable at the same time. So no partner uh, is created the same, no managed service offer comes to life in the same way. So there isn't really an easy button or an exact science to this, but there are some ways that Cisco is approaching this with partners that creates a bit of structure, a little bit of guideposts to help them along through this journey. And I touched a bit on it when I was talking about preference, right? We want to make it easy. And drive preference. So we're implementing a strategic framework uh, in our business that we follow in order to support and guide partners through the process. And it really starts with discovery. So using a consultative based approach so that we can work with partners to assess their capability, to understand what they're trying to achieve and be able to support them with their goals. From there, we kind of flow through into this engagement model. So it's sort of the gives and gets, understanding and making sure that the partner and Cisco have the right people engaged, the right investments, the right approval structures and resourcing in place to really kick off the process. And then that kickoff is when we kind of roll up our sleeves and and get dirty a bit. And that's the fun part, right? We move into actually creating a service or creating an offer that they can bring to market and start to sell and accelerate out of the gate. And through each phase of that journey, we are working hand in hand with our partners to deliver best and great solutions to our customers. But we're integrating our sales teams along the way so that they can early on understand what's in the pipe so they can start driving demand, build pipeline and scale. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about the fact of you know, our partner success team. 
So this is where Cisco is helping our partners to understand if they're using the right high-valued services. They're providing suggestions and touch points along the life cycle so that partners are prepared for renewal moments of technology, software, services, whatever's built into that offer. So we have really kind of designed this framework to make sure that we're helping our partners through the process that can be really daunting and complex. And I know I'm maybe making it sound kind of simple and linear, and I know that's not the case, but the point I'm trying to make here is that we have baseline structures in place to help guide the process from end to end. And uh, and actually another thing I should touch on, because it's really cool and it's new for us, is uh, and we're getting some positive feedback on it, is we've created a partner manage ready offer catalog. So this is something that our partners can use to build their managed services. So rather than selling a partner a bunch of technology and kind of leaving it for them to figure out how to build the managed service, we've designed a build of materials or sort of a kickstart asset guide, if you will, which provides defined reference architectures and has all of the tools and assets a partner needs in order to accelerate the creation and launch of an offer. We even include things like the first meeting deck so that their sales teams mm -hmm. can take that to the customer. And it's not really meant to be a managed service in a box or a fully defined rule guide, but it's sort of that first step to help the partner get started. And it has flexibility built in so they can add, remove, or adjust in order to have their own unique IP or value services included so they can be competitive and differentiate themselves in the market. Uh, I think every every little bit helps in that kind of space when you're uh, when you're trying to introduce these things to market. So uh, likely a welcome thing. Um, another aspect of of the the relationship, uh, I keep hearing a bit about Cisco powered services. I think you've mentioned them in the past, and I know they've come up at Partner Summit. But I'm I'm still a little fuzzy on I I mean by the nature of the name, it kind of suggests. It does what it says on the tin, right? But uh, can you can you elaborate a little bit on on what Cisco powered services are, and especially how they how they fit into this equation and into the kinds of services that uh, that partners are ultimately delivering to customers? I am so glad that you are asking this question, actually, because we spend a lot of time educating our partners and even our own teams here at Cisco on Cisco powered services. So Cisco powered services are actually part of what an MSP needs to be able to deliver as part of our provider program, premier and gold status levels. So having a Cisco powered service is a way for a partner to differentiate their offers to showcase that they have a validated or dare I say audited uh, managed service solution that is truly powered by Cisco technology, hence the name Cisco powered service. So uh, and I want to be clear that CPS, as we like to call it, so a Cisco powered service is not a partner designation, it's an offer designation. So you won't have a partner that is a Cisco powered service partner, but rather the partner will have offers that are Cisco powered. But by having these offers, it allows them to move up the stack within our provider program. It's sort of like a, a quality check that helps unlock incremental benefits as part of our provider program. Think of it like an airline status membership. The more you invest time and money, the more status you gain, the more benefits get unlocked. So having a CPS is like a gate to get to higher levels of status in our provider program. 
And I want to be clear that Cisco powered services aren't for every partner and not every partner wants to be premier or gold, nor do they want to invest or can invest in what's needed to create a Cisco powered service, which is why we also have our select status as part of our provider program that also provides its own set of unique benefits and value ons that don't require the same overhead as a Cisco powered service checkbox to move through the stack. So we really do have something for everyone. And I think this kind of ties thematically back to the conversation around helping partners build. We want to make sure we have something for everyone based on maturity, based on the size of the organization and the money and the investment they have to put towards this. Can you can you give me an example or two of what those, those Cisco powered services are, just so I can get a feel for kind of at what level we're talking in terms of the the components here? Right. So we have like designated Cisco powered services, right? So they are not all, it's not like you can have just anything and, and figure out what it means. So we have uh, Cisco powered services around SD-WAN. So you can look at the Viptela or Meraki flavor of that. Um, Cisco powered SASE and FSO, which are kind of three of the big ones that I know we talked a lot about in the first half of our fiscal year. But beyond that, we have several others that attach to Meraki access, cloud calling, I mean, if you look at all of our, and security, ultimately, if you look at all of our core capabilities, we have Cisco powered service kind of components that really help the customer or help the partner get there. And um, a lot of the audit process involved, which I will be completely transparent, it's a rigorous process because it's a quality check. So we need to make sure that if you're launching a SASE offer or an SD-WAN offer or a Meraki Access offer, that it has been truly validated from a technical third party uh, resource. And it's not necessarily a one for one. What goes into those powered services can be multiple different product families that support that. And we map them against use cases to understand from the partner of the technology that's built in. How does it map to these use cases in order to ensure that it meets the quality checks and standards of what we would designate as a Cisco powered service? So, yes, they're bundled under specific names. But underneath each one of those, there are nuances based on the products being integrated and how they're being leveraged in terms of use cases. Um, it feels like we're we're at a really good place in the managed services world with partners being um, both interested in, and motivated to explore them and increasingly having the capability to deliver on them because that, that muscle memory has been built over the last while. Um, vendors, yourselves included, are, are interested, are incentivizing, are making things easier and more manageable for MSPs to bring to market. And, and perhaps the last bit to fall into place over the last, say, 18 months maybe has been uh, way more interest on the customer side in handing things over to managed services. Um, curious, I, I know you guys are, are, are thinking about managed services as a, a big opportunity, a big area of growth, but I'm curious what you think we can expect from this, both the sphere of managed services in general and from Cisco particular in the area over the, over the near future. Well, uh, I think you can probably tell based on the conversation that we're having here today that uh, we are working hard to evolve our approach to this critical route to market, right? Uh, as the market evolves and grows, you can absolutely bet your bottom dollar that we will be right there alongside evolving and growing with the market and bringing our partners along the same journey. So what you can expect from us? Well, we're going to keep coming to market with not only amazing managed ready technology. So thinking about that platform component of our strategy, but programs, assets, resources, benefits, 
all with the goal of accelerating partner growth and meeting customer outcomes and meeting customer demands, really. So we're really invested in managed services, if you couldn't tell. Uh, but we do believe that we have a really bright future ahead. And, and we want to make sure we're sharing that future with our partners. Like we are in it to win it. And and you talked a bit about the demand piece. And um, it's funny because I was out for dinner last night with a friend of mine. And she works in the tech industry for a different company. And recognizing what I do for a living, one of the first statements out of her mouth after like, how's it going at Cisco was... I can't get over the demand for managed services. All of our customers mm. are coming to the table with asks about managed services and how our company is evolving around managed services. And, you know, the need is there and we see that. So for us at Cisco, we've really jumped on that market, or, you know, a couple of years ago so that we could be in a position now to be able to service that market and to help our partners build the capability to get after it, you know, twofold relative to what we need to go deliver. A big topic. And I think we covered a lot of ground. Uh, always an interesting chat. Thank you so much for, uh, for taking the time, Aaron. And let's, uh, let's talk about some more of this sometime in the near future. Absolutely, Robert. Like I said, we are going to be running lockstep with the market as it grows and changes. And we've got nothing but upside here. And I can't wait to connect with you again in the future and let you know how things are going and what Cisco's doing to continue to get after that market opportunity when it comes to managed services. There you have it, building and supporting managed services with Aaron Smurl of Cisco Canada. I'd like to thank Aaron for joining us for the podcast, thank Cisco Canada for their ongoing support of the site, and of course, thank you for listening today. The ChannelBuzz.ca podcast will be back next week as we continue our look into the new Xeon lineup with Intel. Intel Canada's Phil Vulcans will talk us through what's new in the recently launched fourth generation of Xeon workstation processors and give us some insights into today's workstation market, and of course, where there's opportunity for partners. Between now and then, we'd invite you to subscribe to the podcast in your app of choice. And should you feel so inclined and it allows you, please do leave us a review and a rating. I hear that fun is a good number of stars. Until next time, I'm Robert Dutt for ChannelPuzz.ca. Stay safe out there. See you around the channel.